0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is not today.
1: Hi. <laughs> how are you?
0: Ooh, double high. Uh,
1: how's 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 it going?
0: It's good. Oh,
1: geez i'm doing good um i we were just talking about the wonders of bird talk that i experienced through instagram reels because i'm a boomer bird talk bird talk
0: the, the bird side of tiktok yes yes
1: people understand who oh. are on tiktok right. right bird talk these birds that jump up and down to the beat this is my <laughs> new favorite content this week
0: your instagram is plagued with birds bopping to a beat or to something
1: yeah Yeah, no, I, so it's usually, I started off with dogs and cats, Mm -hmm. and then I just started indiscriminately liking any animal video
0: that I got. You went to seals for a little while? I went to
1: seals. Uh, I looped back around to, um, capybara.
0: Capybara. That was a, that was a turn that I did not expect, to be honest.
1: It's, they're fantastic. They're good. They always seem to be chilling in a hot bath. This is where they exist, apparently. life. Uh yeah no li- they look like they're living it up. Then I went to I saw some flamingos mm-hmm. in a parade. And, Flamingo
0: to small bird pipeline is very then, prevalent. Yeah. Yes.
1: Then to birds bopping up and down to a song. Right. And this is where I'm at. A
0: very clear trajectory.
1: Yep. Where will we go next? I don't know.
0: I don't know. Maybe like pigeons.
1: Could be. I hope I don't not. Know. But yeah, pigeons suck. Yeah, no, they're not great.
0: Just like seagulls. I mean,
1: they're uh, honestly like pigeons are kind of beautiful. Like no, the one, not. the ones with like the shimmery green. Yuck! You don't like that?
0: They're like rats with wings.
1: Okay, you're a hater. I, I would say seagulls are more rats with wings. Both. I'm a I seagull think both hater. Suck. But pigeons, they look nice. Hey, they're you very know intelligent.
0: What? You know, this is actually a fantastic transition to our topic of the day. No, really. <laughs> actually, um, <laughs> I just
1: imagine everyone listening. Like, all right. You get 20 seconds of bird content and you're fucking done. (laughs) And that's
0: it. Move on, bitches. (laughs) Give me the story. No, but for real, our story has to do with animals, Mm -hmm. more so marine life. Okay. But we're... Actually, both of the stories that we're going to release this week have to do with the ocean, which is insane because, you know, this one that's coming out right now that you're currently listening to... It's about the ocean. And then our extra episode, our bonus episode that's going to come out on Patreon is also about the ocean, but in a much different way and honestly, very scary. It's about a shipwreck. So okay, there's that. That's on Patreon. This one is about an ocean creature. And I haven't told Alex what the story is about. I'm sure it's in the description somewhere. So everyone else probably knows, but you do not. Isn't this fun?
1: This is fun. Isn't I'm the fun last to, to figure this? out, but I'm the first to figure out, though, right? Technically, technically, isn't, isn't that this crazy? fun? You know, just pre-recording, just the concept of time. Are we here, really?
0: Oh God, don't send me into a what? spiral, please. Oh no. <laughs>
1: what is the meaning of it all?
0: No, 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 no. What does no. it mean? Actually, it if we nothing. start. If we start talking about space on top of a story about the ocean, I will oh, no. literally spiral out of control and not be able to handle it.
1: Have you ever read about other planets that might have oceans?
0: Are you trying to send me into an anxiety attack? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm
1: just wondering if you've ever read about it. No, I haven't.
0: I have not done any leisurely reading about okay. other planets with oceans. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Those are those are my one of my favorite topics to just go off into YouTube, you know, down the rabbit hole.
0: No, thank you. Well... This story very possibly could trigger someone's thalassophobia, including myself. And for those who don't know what that is, it's the fear of the ocean or other large, deep bodies of water. Uh, And a person with thalassophobia may be afraid of the vastness or emptiness of the ocean, the sea creatures in the water, or both. So if that ain't me, I don't know what is.
1: Yeah, that. Holes. Shut up. Space. Nope. It's all. Not I'm, just
0: a, I'm just a gal with anxiety. Let's just chalk yeah. it up to that. Let's call it what it is. Yeah, let's call it spade a spade. So anyway, but I figured this week would be um, a nice palate cleanser from last, you know? Mm. Give us something light, something fun.
1: Yeah, perhaps not a child almost dying.
0: Perhaps. That would be great. You know? So we're going to talk about Michael Packard today. Mm. And Michael Packard is a dad of two teenage boys, and husband to his wife, Julie. At 56, he's also renowned as one of the best commercial fishermen in Cape Cod, off the coast of Provincetown, Massachusetts. Josiah Mayo is Michael's crewmate, and he said that Michael is one of the best tuna fishermen in the region, and he is extremely well-liked around the dock and in the community. He's just very good at what he does. In Cape Cod, tuna and lobster are the local delicacies, and Michael is a pro at catching both. But what makes Michael unique are his methods of fishing. He doesn't use wire traps like every other fisherman. He dives down to the ocean floor, chases, and catches lobsters with his bare hands.
1: Okay, word. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in on him. Yeah. Let's go.
0: The sketchy part about this, though other than, you know, the whole chasing of lobsters, is that this area that he has to do this in is murky, and it's also home to a lot of great white sharks and other ocean creatures.
1: Okay, thus setting up the survival part of the story. I see what you're doing here. Thank you. I just, I'm laughing internally at the image of him running on the ocean floor in, like, this dramatic dash to catch the lobster, but, like... The lobster? The labster, you know? You understand. And, like, when you're running in the water, I have to imagine that it's actually very slow. Yes. And he's just, like, super intense, like, his face is into it, and he's, like, literally moving at the speed of smell, <laughs> trying to catch this thing.
0: Well, he is wearing a scuba suit. Okay. And he is swimming. But so I do he's like slower. The... I do like the vision of him running on the ocean floor. I think that's very funny. Especially with, sw- with uh, flippers. With flippers? That's even funnier.
1: Like how could you handicap yourself more <laughs> in a running scenario? Scenario, yeah. right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> It'd be pretty hard. But so Michael has had a few encounters with great whites while diving for lobsters. And he says that every time he's down there and he sees a great white, it's just as scary every single time. It's, Horrifying. Mm -hmm. And he'll swim all the way to the bottom and curl up in the smallest ball he can possibly, you know, shrink himself down to and wait for, you know, five minutes to see if the shark has swam past him or if it's turning around to come back and get him. Usually they don't. And he just goes back to working and catching lobsters. He doesn't even go back up to the surface. He's like, okay, cool. They're gone. Let's keep doing work. Like, I mean, he's a crazy person, you know, got to get back to work. Seriously. But for Michael, the ocean is an all-consuming obsession. He's been diving in the waters off of Cape Cod since he was 12 years old. And since then, he has never stopped. It is 100% his passion. In June of 2021, Michael and his crewmate, Josiah, went out on the water as they did every day. But this one was going to be a little different. Julie Packard said... Whenever her husband says goodbye to her in the morning, there's always a bit of anxiety in the back of her mind because she knows how dangerous his profession can actually be. And I didn't know this. Like I knew fishing was dangerous, but commercial fishing has consistently ranked as the most deadly occupation since 1992, with a fatality rate that is 23 times higher than, than that of other workers and professions
1: well i have to imagine like are they comparing this to people who work in an office i guess like just punching in data no but also
0: like construction workers factory workers
1: well yeah but like are you comparing it to any job that has any chance of actually having risk probably i don't know
0: you don't think it's i mean it's very dangerous
1: I'm not discounting that as dangerous, but, like, I don't know. I would feel like being a cop is more dangerous or a fireman or...
0: Well, you're kind of not only at the mercy of the elements and, like, the weather, but also there's a ton of, like, heavy machinery and there's sharp things and there's ocean creatures and there's drowning and there's coldness and there's shock and there's, like, there's a bunch of different ways you can die.
1: True. I mean, also, what if you're in the military...
0: Yeah. I don't know. I can't you give know? you the straight answer. I just huh? know that commercial fishing is very dangerous. Okay. Is that cool? I'll
1: allow that. Can we
0: proceed? <laughs> okay.
1: I've thoroughly ruined the point. <laughs> right. I feel good.
0: Okay, great. Perfect. So, <laughs> but all of the dangers that Michael has faced, no one could predict, no one could have predicted what he was going to face that afternoon. The day started out normally. They took the boat out about 20 minutes to their usual diving spot. And once they got there, Michael went diving. On his third dive, he was about 45 feet down underneath the water and scouring the bottom of the ocean for lobsters, as per usual. When out of nowhere, Michael was hit with something with the force of like being hit by a train. And then everything went black. A few moments later, Michael realizes that he is moving through the water, but he can't see anything. He's completely in the dark and he has no idea what's going on. Immediately, he starts thinking about what could have just happened. And he's thinking, did I get eaten by a shark? No, I don't feel any cuts. There's no, like, sharpness. I'm not bleeding. I don't think it's a shark because they don't have mouths that are big enough. And he also would have been cut up by their teeth, but he wasn't. And then, after only about five seconds, it hit him. He was in the mouth of a humpback whale. Moby Dick style, dude? pinocchio style bro a whale a whale dude seriously he's
1: in the mouth
0: yes he's eaten by a whale
1: you can't write this
0: well can you you can
1: (laughs) actually there's a whole book
0: there's plenty of uh stories about people getting eaten by whales but none of them based on truth you know
1: so we're an original
0: this is an original this is an og eaten by a humpback whale story coming at you in the 90s in 2021
1: in 2021 really is that recent yes damn
0: that's all you have to say man's got Not eaten me. by a whale and you got what, nothing else to what say. do you
1: want me to say i want to hear more okay how does he get out of this one how <laughs> did he get there you know what <laughs> okay, I mean? fair. how is he alive
0: seriously so This was a very big holy shit moment for Michael. You would imagine. As you could imagine. And so he was traveling through the water extremely fast. This whale was hustling.
1: This whale is hucking it.
0: Yeah. And because of that, water poured into the whale's mouth. When this big wave of water hit Michael, it knocked the regulator out of his mouth, which is like the breathing piece for his scuba gear. And he immediately started freaking out because without this, obviously he can't breathe. But thankfully the regular didn't fall. The regulator didn't fall behind him. It fell next to him and was pressed up between him and the whale's mouth because it was really tight in there. So he was able to move his arm enough that he was able to grab it and put it back in his mouth. So thankfully he did have air again, but there was really not a ton of room for him to move around. Like he couldn't really move his legs. He couldn't move his body. All he could do was like kind of move his arm, but it was just enough to put the regulator back in his mouth. Wow. Oh God. This is a This is
1: your worst nightmare. This is like claustrophobia on the ocean.
0: Oh God. I didn't even think about the claustrophobia aspect of it. That's bad.
1: Oh, it's bad.
0: Oh, it's bad. But I feel like this is anyone's nightmare. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly no one's
1: dream. <laughs> you know? and that's
0: not a hot take. <laughs> All around him, he could just feel the tightness and the hardness of the whale's muscles in its mouth. He also felt his legs being crushed by what he believed was the whale's jaw. He was trying to wiggle himself into a position that would allow him to swim out of the whale's mouth, but nothing was working. He was convinced that he was going to die. In that moment, all he could think about was his wife, his two sons, who were only 12 and 16, and his mother. And also, he thought, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah, it really does. Yeah. He kept trying and trying to get out of there, but nothing was working, and he knew that nothing he did would make a difference. This creature is just so big that he couldn't possibly do anything to change its mind, it, he would the the whale would have to make this decision to spit Michael out on its own. You know,
1: mm, yeah. I mean, did he try a little diplomacy? <laughs> no.
0: I'm sorry. Can you elaborate on that? No, just
1: you know, a little negotiation.
0: Just a little sharks. <laughs> I've come here today <laughs> to offer you, or to ask for one million dollars in exchange a whale. for five percent freedom. <laughs> so he was completely trapped we know this and in the dark he thought about the reality that this whale could panic and dive deep into the depths of the ocean at any moment which would mean that he would have a slow and painful death whales have been recognized as exceptional divers with reports of dives lasting as long as two hours after they were harpooned Today, with the use of sonar tracking, there are dives recorded as deep as 6,000 feet, which is more than a mile below the surface of the ocean. However, routine dive are usually around the depth of 1,500 to 3,000 foot range, and dives can last between 20 minutes to an hour. So this, this whale can go real deep and longer than he has oxygen for. And our bodies, meaning like human bodies, differ on what they can handle. But at about 40 feet, your lungs will shrink to about half their size. And after that depth, there isn't any gravity and your body will continue to dive deeper and deeper without you even having to like swim. Your heart rate will reduce significantly. Some divers report rates as low as half of their resting heart rate and others have reported less than 20 beats per minute. Wow. Wow. And it will continue to reduce as you go deeper. And at 300 feet, your chest will collapse to half its size and your blood in most parts of your body will be sucked away from wherever it is to your heart and your brain to literally keep you alive in the state that your body is in. So diving is extremely strenuous on the, on the human body. And when you have no control over the depth that you're in, I can't imagine that's very good, you know?
1: Not good. Yeah, I mean, so it goes 300 feet and pretty much after that, it's a wrap.
0: Pretty much. I mean, I guess I don't really know a ton about diving. I just know what I've read, but it seems like the deeper you go, the closer you are to death. You know, that's a
1: good uh, that's a good assessment.
0: Thank you. Yeah, when a human dives too deep, it can cause paralysis or death if bubbles are in the brain, which is nitrogen narcosis. It's like just a buildup of nitrogen that usually happens if the dive is any more than a hundred feet. The deeper you go under the sea, the greater the water pressure pushing down on you, and for every 33 feet you go down, the pressure increases by one atmosphere, which I don't know what that means, but it's just pressing down on you really hard. Human beings can withstand 3 to 4 atmospheres of pressure, or 43.5 to 58 psi for those of you who know what I'm talking about. And water weighs about 64 pounds per cubic foot or one atmosphere per per 33 feet of depth and presses in from all sides. So the ocean's pressure can literally crush you. Isn't that crazy? Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. Are you laughing because you know that I know nothing about what I'm talking about? or <laughs> No.
1: It's just funny that like all those stats and then it was just like, yeah, the ocean can crush you. The
0: ocean can literally crush you. I mean, if you don't die from <laughs> nitrogen narcosis or the bends or I don't know, your lungs shrinking so much or your heart rate just stopping, you can literally be crushed by the pressure of the ocean on your body. That's so scary. Tell me you're not terrified of the ocean.
1: I'm, I don't know, I just don't think about it. If I truly contemplated it, I would be, like, very scared, but, you know, I just don't. The amount of statistics that you just rattled off, <laughs> I'm so impressed. It's not my norm. It's after my own heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might like that.
1: Um, I was going to say that one atmosphere is like what we are now. Right. Okay, you knew that. Let me... Explain to you.
0: You mean mansplain? Since you're a woman? (laughs) Yes. Please mansplain to me. Yeah, no. So I just, I didn't know that the ocean can literally crush you if you go to a certain depth. That's so scary.
1: You didn't know that?
0: No. I never thought about it too hard. And then I read about it and I was like, that makes perfect sense. And I hate it. (laughs) You know? There you go. Here's another interesting tidbit that I found while researching this kind of information. That has nothing to do with the story, but it made me laugh. And the question was, can you fart while diving?
1: This is the important stuff.
0: Farting is possible while scuba diving, but not advisable because diving wetsuits are very expensive and the explosive force of an underwater fart will rip a hole in your wetsuit. An underwater fart will shoot you up to the surface like a missile, which can cause decompression sickness. I don't think this is true. It says... (laughs) I think I just read you all a lie. And I'm sorry about that.
1: (laughs) My source is Wikipedia.
0: (laughs) No, it wasn't. It was like, this is, I got all my information from this, like, well, not all my information, but a lot of this, like, you know, atmospheric blah, blah, blah information from this source. And it was all, it all sounded great. But anyway, another source said, if you fart while you're diving, not much will happen. The released gas will eventually make its way out of your suit, leaving only a trace of odor until you take the suit off. (laughs) So that seems more likely. But I just thought it was so funny thinking about someone getting shot to the surface because they (laughs) farted.
1: Oh my god, and you get decompression sickness because of it?
0: You get the bends and die because you farted in your suit? It blew a hole in your wetsuit? I'm sorry. Way to
1: go. You're like, I just, I really wanted Taco Bell before scooping.
0: Oh, don't do that. Anyway.
1: (laughs) This would be his last bell. (laughs) Michael decided to get the fire sauce
0: the fire sauce. So anyway, <laughs> let's talk about humpback whales. Though a humpback whale could easily fit a human inside its huge mouth, which can reach around 10 feet, it's scientifically impossible for the whale to swallow a human once inside, according to Nicola Hodgins of the Whale and Dolphin Conservation.
1: It's impossible?
0: Yeah. A humpback's throat is roughly the size of a human fist and can only stretch about 15 inches in diameter to accommodate a bigger meal it's scientifically impossible for all but one whale species, the sperm whale, to swallow something as large as a person. Sperm whales are 65 feet long mammals, usually, and have large esophagus, esophagi? Hello? Esophaguses? I don't know. To feed on larger prey, (laughs) such as giant squid, which they sometimes swallow whole. Whoa. In fact, colossal squid, which can reach 46 feet long have been found inside a sperm whale's stomach damn isn't that insane
1: 46 feet yes I mean aren't they like 200
0: what years old
1: no like feet long
0: oh sperm whales are 65 feet long around there
1: what right? should they eat something for you oh god
0: damn I know that's what I'm saying but thankfully it was not a sperm whale that ate michael it was a humpback whale. And while it's physically possible, it's a billion to one thing for a sperm whale to swallow a human, in part because of the encounters are so rare.
1: How do you calculate that chance?
0: <laughs> I don't know. They're like, ah, probably like, like a, a lot, billion. Just big numbers, Just like a billion. Throw them out
1: there. They, nobody knows what a billion actually means anyway.
0: Well, sperm whales are widely distributed around the world these deep diving animals live mostly in the open ocean and regularly spend time at depths of over 10,000 feet. So you're not going to see a sperm whale on your, I don't know, outing, you know?
1: They go 10,000 feet down? Yeah. Yeah. I think that they've just like had enough of us. And they have teeth. Don't you think?
0: They have like sharp teeth. Oh yeah? Isn't that scary?
1: They probably have a lot of them. They do. E- Big. Yeah, no thanks.
0: Yeah, none of that. Anyway, humpback whales or baleen whales have special bristles in their mouths instead of teeth and eat tiny prey such as plankton krill or small fish and baleen are the bristles that are made of strong yet flexible protein called keratin which is the same thing as human hair and nails that you know that it's made of and they're kind of arranged in plates like a comb and so when feeding, the whale takes a huge gulp of seawater and uses the baleen like a sieve to retain food in its mouth while pushing the water out through the gaps. So that's what happened with Michael. They, the whale took, a, took in a big gulp of water and gulped up Michael and then spit out the water and... Not Michael. And not Michael, because he can't be <laughs> strained through the baleen, you know? Yep. And Michael knew that he wasn't anything but stuck in this whale's mouth. Like, he, he knew he wasn't going to be able to be swallowed, but it was still a very terrifying place to be. And he had just dove back down before this whale had, you know, eaten him. So he had a full tank of oxygen, which meant he had about an hour until he would run out of air. And he couldn't help but think that he was going to be trapped in this whale's mouth for the next 50 minutes until he slowly suffocated. God. Because he could tell that this whale wasn't going to kill him in any other way. But not long after that, Michael could feel the whale quickly going up to the surface and he could see a bit of light again. And now the whale was really getting erratic and thrashing around and getting aggressive. And that's when a tiny bit of hope started to creep into his mind because it seemed as if this whale was having just as bad of a time as Michael was having in his mouth. Straight up. Right. On the surface, Michael's partner, Josiah, had no idea anything had happened to Michael. He was just on the boat doing other stuff until he saw this whale surface and start thrashing around. He said he saw a huge commotion on the surface, so much splashing and white water everywhere. And as he was watching this whale, he sees Michael fly out of the commotion and breach out of the water with his legs over his head like a frog before he fell back into the water.
1: Oh, so it just like shot him out? Yes.
0: And after that, the whale disappeared immediately. Each week, I speak to inspirational people. Each one of them has been on their own remarkable journey. They've all chosen to share their stories with one aim, that if people can relate and get comfort from it, if it can help someone. As one of my guests said, there's so much going on in the world. We should be focusing on helping one another and making each other better. Each one is a superhero, not because they have special powers. because, in spite of what they've gone through, they keep on going. I find them remarkable. Please listen to Chatterholic and hear their stories.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. I'm just, like, so... Shocked, So it just, ah, and just spit him out. Like it was a amusement park ride. Like as soon as they got to the surface, it like launched him.
0: Yeah, he was did launched Did he do a flip? Out.
1: Like, did he stick the landing? Did they give him some judge cards? Like what's, what's <laughs> Ten, up here? Tens
0: all around. <laughs> um, no, he just flopped back into the water and then floated on the surface in complete shock at what had just happened. And the whale swam away because the whale did not want to be there. You know? I know
1: what a fucking whirlwind like you're like okay I'm going to slowly die over 15 minutes possibly diving to a very deep deep depth
0: uh-huh
1: and now you just got flung out of a mouth
0: yeah and now you're laying on the surface of the water yeah also yeah. how
1: surprised is his partner
0: incredibly <laughs> he said he had no idea what He's had like, happened oh, yeah. it's Michael until he saw this whale come up on top of the water and like he was thrashing around and you could tell that this whale was in like in distress. And then he sees Michael fly out of the whale's mouth. It's insane. So, after that, Michael just laid on the surface of the water, looking up in the sky, looking up at the sky in complete disbelief that he had actually gotten out of this whale's mouth. I wanted to play his reaction to like what he said about being out of the whale's mouth because he's kind of silly. Okay. So I want to play it. Is it's that a character? Okay? Yeah. He's laying on the surface
1: of the water, looking up, and I was like. Oh, my God.
0: I got out of it.
1: (laughs) I got out of it. I'm alive. No matter how injured I am, I'm not going to die. I'm here. I could have broken legs. I could have a broken back, but I'm not dead, and I'm not going to die in a whale's mouth.
0: That was your first thought?
1: (laughs) What's the deal? With that <laughs> Doesn't he kind of sound like Seinfeld?
0: Yeah, that's why I was like, I have to just play it for you guys because it was so silly. <laughs> I'm not gonna die <laughs> in a whale's mouth. <laughs> and so after having this realization that he's gonna live, he just screamed out in both relief and also in pain because he was in a lot of pain. And this entire ordeal actually only took a minute or two. But Michael said that this was the longest minute of his life.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, bar none.
0: Yeah. There was a nearby charter vessel that raced over to help Josiah get Michael back on the boat since they had seen what had happened as well. And this man and Michael were actually good friends and actually neighbors. So he was the first face that Michael had seen after being eaten. So I'm sure that was comforting. Yeah. Calming. Yeah. Yeah when he and Josiah reached into the water to pull him out, all he could say was, Joe, I was just in a whale's mouth. <laughs> and it's it's good that there were people there that witnessed it because imagine you're just out there all by yourself and you have to come back and, and say, t- listen, I know you're not going to believe me, <laughs> but I got eaten by a whale, you know?
1: Yeah, that's a tough sell.
0: Seriously. The interviewer in the video... I was watching was like, this is absolutely incredible. It's stuff of legend. You were the guy who got eaten by a whale. And Michael was just like, yep. <laughs>
1: He's just gonna <laughs> he own was it. Like, yep. He like, yeah, I went through that shit. I paid for it. Yeah. I'm gonna own it. I'm that guy.
0: Seriously. As Michael lay on the boat in complete shock, he started sobbing as he thought about his kids, his wife, his mother, and all his loved ones because he was so relieved that he wasn't going to put them through the pain of losing a loved one. His family had gone through a tough time up until that point. His father had walked out on him and his mother when he was only 10, and the same year, his 18-year-old brother Stephen went missing while he was hiking and had never been found. So his mother, Anne, raised him and his three sisters single-handedly. His mother said that Michael is the man of their family, and if she had lost him, she simply would not have been able to go on. She said he makes the really big decisions. She goes to him for all... The final advice because she respects him as much as she loves him and what's cool about michael's 88 year old mother is that up until michael had been eaten by a whale she was the famous one in the family she is a renowned artist oh she started painting as a side hustle to get by she was selling her paintings for 10 or 20 dollars. but as time went on she became a very successful painter and it's cool because she gets her inspiration from Michael. She paints like the ocean and stuff like oh, that. Oh no way! Yeah, it's we super love cool. a
1: successful side hustle.
0: I know. Well, now it's her main gig. I mean, she's eighty eight, so it's not really her main gig anymore. But she's like a successful artist. Isn't that cool? So Anne, like Michael's wife Julie, has also always been weary of Michael's job. But she knows that Michael only feels complete when he's in the ocean. Michael's crewmate, Josiah, was there to witness the encounter and said that Michael could have easily been killed from what had happened. He could have been killed in nine different ways from this experience. Feels like
1: there might be more.
0: Probably more than nine, but he was just like, he could have been killed in nine ways, you know. So the fact that he came out relatively intact is a miracle. It was completely the luck of the draw. Had the whale's massive jaws come down on his head or his back, he could have been killed instantly. But instead, the only injuries he came out with was a bunch of bruises and a dislocated knee and soft tissue damage from this ordeal, which seems minor compared to the possible fate of becoming a whale's lunch, you know? Yep,
1: I'll take that just about any day.
0: Right. Josiah said he doesn't know who came out worse in the whole thing because whales can really only swallow something the size of a basketball. So to have Michael in there with his diving gear and the tank must have been extremely uncomfortable or painful, you know, at least. So, the whale wasn't doing great either.
1: Yeah, fuck that whale. (laughs) What? I don't know.
0: Okay. Josiah was the one who called Michael's wife from the boat, who immediately rushed to the hospital to be with her husband. She was obviously pretty upset about the whole thing. His mother also was worried but she said she was less worried about Michael physically more so what something like this would do to his mental health since he had other near-death experiences before this his first run-in with death was when he was 12 years old and almost drowned after being stranded 30 kilometers from shore when his boat drifted away from him so that was the first one and then in 2001 he survived two days in the Costa Rican jungle after being gravely injured in a deadly plane crash What? Yeah. He'd been flung out of the plane before it even hit the ground. In 2001, Cape Cod Times article said that Packard was one of at least six passengers on board the flight, which was headed from the capital of San Jose to the fishing port of Puerto Jimenez. I hope I said that right. When it crashed in a remote area, three others on board, including both pilots, were killed while Packard and at least four others survived, though it reportedly took rescuers several hours to reach them. He suffered severe facial injuries and multiple broken bones in his arms and his legs. Michael's 16-year-old son Jacob said, what he's told me when I ask him is that he was just astounded to be alive. If he was rescued even a day later, he wouldn't be here today. He has a large scar on his neck from this this plane crash, Um, but this all happened before his son was born. But he said, I'm sure it shaped him into the brave and passionate man he is today. And there's actually an I Shouldn't Be Alive episode about this plane crash. And I was trying to find it to stream it, but I couldn't find the episode anywhere. But if I can, maybe I'll do a whole other episode about Michael Packard's plane crash. Because he's clearly lived an insane life and he's been a survivor more than once, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm like, okay, the boat thing kind of grave on its own you almost drown yeah then a plane crash yeah like you're and flung then, out of a plane and then you got eaten by a whale like you are literally the only person to have had that combination yeah you have to be
0: 100 percent.
1: i'm like this is moby dick mm-hmm. with julian kepka mm-hmm. Kepka, remember how to say her name julian it was like the th- it was like one of the first ten episodes we did.
0: Yes, Yulian Kuepka.
1: She literally fell out of a plane. Yeah, and survived.
0: Uh huh. In the jungle, same as him. In the jungle. Yeah.
1: So, I'll,
0: ho- I'll hopefully, hopefully, I can find the "I shouldn't be alive" episode because I, I would love to do an episode on it. But I, as of right now, I couldn't find it. But I will try. Um, but Michael's response to this was he has a really good guardian angel who works overtime.
1: Yeah. So nice. <laughs>
0: When the interviewer was talking with Anne, his mother, he said, your son was eaten by a whale. And the two started laughing. And then she said, I'm not surprised. He was spit out. He wasn't tasty. (laughs) Which I just thought was cute. But news broke about Michael's whale encounter and it immediately went viral. But it's such an unbelievable story that people did say that it was made up when it first came out. And at first it didn't bother Michael, but then as time went on, it did but everyone who actually knows Michael told him not to worry about it because they know him, and if anything, when something insane happens to him, he tends to downplay it. So he's not the type to really exaggerate things, which meant that this story was so real and probably worse than he let on. The reinforcement he got from his community made him not worry about what the rest of the world was saying, and he said, if it worries you that much, come and meet me, shake my hand, so.
1: It's a great attitude to have and don't stay online. Go back in the ocean. Let me guess. He's still doing this shit today. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. The interview I watched happened only two weeks after the incident. And Michael said that he had already been dying to go back to diving. Physically, he was mostly fine. His knee was a little bit messed up, but there wasn't much stopping him. And he said that he was planning on getting back into diving as soon as possible. His wife wasn't too jazzed about it, but she I was said... just
1: about to ask.
0: He will never stop. So only a few days later, Michael was back on his boat, ready to dive again. Josiah said it's no surprise to him that Michael has to get back into the water. The ocean is not only the love of his life, but also it's how he makes his living. So to him, getting back into the swing of things was inevitable. So why not just start now? He makes all of his money he has to live off of in only two months out of the year. and at that point they were already halfway through the season so he got back to it you know his first day back was normal if he was anxious about anything he didn't show it the only thing different than his normal diving days is he has a leg brace now and the way he came out of the water would be a little bit different they rigged a gin pole to the boat that way they can lower a loop into the water and he can put his foot in it and stand in it and then Josiah can literally lift his whole body out of the water like a tuna so he doesn't hurt himself any further so that's cool making it happen making it work yeah and the men who helped pull Michael out of the water the day he was attacked by the whale happened to also be there when he did his first dive again afterward And his first day back, he dove down about six times and came back with the biggest haul of lobsters he had for the entire season.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. Michael says he doesn't hold any fear or bad feelings toward the whale. And he said, I was probably in his way. And he made a mistake. He was probably more freaked out than I was. And fishermen who had been in the area for the five days prior to the attack said they had seen the whale hanging out. But after you know, he spit out Michael, they never saw the whale again. So they, he probably freaked out this whale and it never returned.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can't imagine, like, I'm, I was throughout this entire episode trying to think of what the analogy for me would be.
0: What you can never give up kind of thing? No, no.
1: What it would be like to swallow a human, like, from our perspective, like an enormous gumball. I don't know, trying to swallow a bird, but I don't know, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? There's no equivalence for us. But I mean, it's got to be like, eh, they can't see that well, right? And they just like kind of swallow shit. Yeah. So just imagine imagine swallowing something that you can't swallow.
0: And also like something that's trying to get out of your mouth. Too big for your esophagus and actively trying to get out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. I guess it would be like if you literally swallowed an entire filet mignon in one gulp (laughs) that was like sharp.
0: And also kicking you.
1: Yeah, and not happy about it.
0: <laughs> True.
1: I'm working on
0: it. We'll get Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll work it out in post. <laughs> we'll get it
1: in post.
0: He said that he'll never stop because he's a fishaholic, and it's what makes him happiest. It's like getting into another world, and he feels incredibly lucky to be able to make a living off of it. And that's Michael's story. But actually, there was another person who was nearly swallowed by a whale, and this time there's video evidence of it.
1: No way. Yeah. You have a GoPro on?
0: No, it was, someone was recording because they were kayaking. I'm going to show you the video actually. So Julie McSorley and Liz Cottrell were nearly swallowed by a humpback whale while they were out kayaking in Avila Beach, California in 2020. The pair were watching the whales below the surface when a humpback whale suddenly emerged and appeared to swallow the whole kayak. Julie and Liz were a safe distance from the whales, and then all of a sudden, quote, a large bait ball came up around us, followed by two whales, which lifted us up out of the water and tipped us over. Luckily, both women emerged from the event alive and unscathed, and it turns out the kayaker wasn't actually ever inside the whale's mouth at all. She was merely submerged beneath the water due to the whale's movements. Although from the angle of the footage, it looks like she's getting straight up chomped eat like into its mouth it's insane i'm gonna show you right now okay
1: i mean we're gonna have to put this on the instagram right
0: oh yeah i'll definitely put the video on the instagram
1: god the weather looks fucking nice Mm -hmm. oh it ate the kayak
0: right from that angle it looks like the whale is straight up coming out of the water with its open mouth and completely engulfing the kayak and the kayaker
1: yeah you know, the chances of getting this on camera are one in two billion.
0: I wouldn't doubt it, to be honest. God, that's nuts. <laughs> Give it back.
1: Yeah, no, it looks like that person got eaten.
0: I know. They didn't actually get eaten, but it really looks like it. But for those of you worried, there's no need to panic next time you're swimming in the ocean, especially because whales are not aggressive toward humans. Instead- it's whales that should be more fearful of us because of the wide variety of man-made pressures and threats out there. So if you ever see one of these gentle giants, experts recommend following responsible wild, wildlife watching guidelines, including giving the animal plenty of space, observing from a distance, with binoculars if possible, and avoiding any actions that scare, startle, or panic them. Because if you don't, they'll eat you.
1: <laughs> and so.
0: that's that. So
1: okay. the advice is that we shouldn't worry but also don't fuck with them or get close <laughs> to them in any way well, or look at them strange. Like this is ridiculous. Why are we giving these like contradicting things? I was
0: I was joking at the end. I added the or they'll eat you part because that's But I mean what everything leading
1: about. up to that was what they said, right? Yeah,
0: they're like don't don't go near them. Just like
1: right. Watch but them they're from perfectly a distance. safe.
0: <laughs> well, they're big, There's... you know. It's like how Great Danes don't know they're big and they, like, play bite you and then they end up ripping off your arm kind of thing. Right.
1: It's the same thing.
0: It's and similar. Great Danes,
1: they might swallow you.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: And also, you should probably be more scared of sharks, right? Ooh.
0: Well, people are like, you shouldn't be scared of sharks because there's not many man-eating sharks and blah, blah, blah. And I'm still scared of them. Okay?
1: mean there's not many man-eating sharks. There's,
0: like, only a couple of sharks that are actually, like, aggressive toward humans but
1: they all got teeth honey they
0: all got the teeth you know what i'm saying they all got those fins those spooky fins and they go you know what i'm saying
1: yeah they all come with the sound
0: they do they literally do
1: okay and that's right. a wrap all right that's <laughs> this
0: one's a little silly
1: yeah truly well this is not what i expected the story to be about today
0: yeah what did you expect? Anything?
1: I I have no idea what I right. expected, but this was not it. Do you understand the That's feeling? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had a really fun week being like, hey, you want to know what I'm researching about? And they'd be like, what? And then I'd be like, a man who got eaten by a whale. It's... Oh, a little Discord tease? Yeah.
1: Where could I find that content?
0: <laughs> I wasn't actually talking about the Discord. I oh. didn't put it in the Discord. So who did you tease? On. Like people at work and oh. stuff like that. Anyway, what is your good thing?
1: My good thing is that I got a fat tax return this year. That's good. So, I don't know, it's kind of nice. Hell yeah, that's get nice. get money back.
0: Yeah, I actually have not done my taxes yet. Uh.
1: Yeah, we should do that.
0: I gotta get on that. I don't know how to do them. How am I supposed to just be put out in the world as an adult and then no one teach- teaches me how to do this?
1: We'll look it up on YouTube. Oh, It'll be fine. Oh,
0: God. I don't want to. Anyway, my good thing is that we ate really good flan last night.
1: Oh, the flan. We had an incredible uh, flan. I don't know. Some hipster bar. (laughs) The the decoration was really nice.
0: It was very good, though.
1: Yeah. And then I got a mocktail that was really good. It's like this blackberry lime thing Mm -hmm. with mint. Yeah. I was like, I didn't think a mocktail could be this good.
0: Oh, yeah. Mocktails can be great. You just got to put a little love into them. Okay. You know? I see. And anyway, we can end on that. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about and also see a video of someone getting potentially eaten by a whale or kind of eaten by a whale, check us out on Instagram at today underscore podcast. We have a Patreon where you can get exclusive episodes and also other fun perks. Check it out at patreon.com slash any, If you or anyone you know has a story of survival that you would like to send to us, Send it to no at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is on today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of the podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.